Genesis chapter 9 and verse 12, and God said, this is the token of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. I do set my bow in the cloud and it shall be for a token of a covenant between me and the earth and it shall come to pass when I bring a cloud over the earth that the bow shall be seen in the cloud and I will remember my covenant which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh and the waters shall no more become a flood to destroy all flesh and the bow shall be in the cloud and I will look upon it that I may remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is upon the earth we have been talking this month and our theme has been rediscover and I want to talk a little bit about that today and I want to talk on the subject of rediscover the rainbow rediscover the rainbow would you bow your heads and pray with me Lord we're thankful for the opportunity to be in your house and thankful for people that have gathered here we ask you Lord now as we look to your word that the word would go forth and fall on good ground and that our hearts and minds would be open let us respond let us be challenged by your word and Lord let it take root in our heart and our spirit we'll give you praise for all things in Jesus name everybody said amen. amen you may be seated thank you for standing I remember uh, hearing as a boy when my father uh, pastored a, a small church up in the panhandle of Florida in a little town called Port St. Joe. I remember hearing in Sunday school about this, this bow, which we know today as the rainbow, that uh, we see in the sky uh, from before and after, and uh, sometimes when there's just moisture in the air and it hasn't necessarily been a rainstorm, but usually it's in the vicinity whenever the dew point reaches a, a place where uh, the moisture is in the air. We see this rainbow, and I, I remember reading um, about this and hearing the stories about the rainbow, and it was always fascinating to me as a boy because it was some way that I could take a story uh, from the Bible um, and, and relate it to um, your, your actual life, your natural existence, when you can see and know things uh, in the physical realm that we all live and move and operate in. So you know, I can remember hearing the stories and, and then looking up in the sky and seeing the rainbow and thinking, wow, that's neat. God keeps his promises all of these thousands of years later. And indeed, the rainbow uh, was given to us as a token, the Bible says, of a covenant that God had established with mankind. This, this, this covenant agreement that he would never again destroy the earth by water. So even as a kid, as I would look in the sky and see this, I would think about that promise, and, and I'm sure you have as well. But you know, it's funny how life works. Time and circumstances and things have a way of accumulating, and it's brought us to this point where we are uh, in the 21st century in a postmodern culture, and in many ways, the uh, culture that we're in today uh, has a whole different meaning to the rainbow. In fact, I would venture to say that they have hijacked the rainbow taken the rainbow I was walking down the street uh, with my wife the other day looking at different shops and, and they have their storefronts you know with the Christmas decorations and all inside and, and we were just talking and walking and we were kind of half looking you know in and out of the the different storefronts and I, I remember just in my peripheral vision just picking up as I walked by this one shop and it had a big sticker of a rainbow in the window 
And as I walked by, I didn't even mention anything to my wife, but, but in my mind, I just reacted, and I reacted this way. Oh boy, I know what that stands for. And, and I just kept walking. But then, as I was thinking about that, I, was, I got a little agitated. And I'm like, wait a second. Why should our rainbow be stolen? Somebody has stolen the rainbow. And now, here I am, a Pentecostal preacher, and I walk down the street and I see a sticker of a rainbow in a window, and I'm like, oh, I know what that means. Instead of my mind going to the promises of God, it goes somewhere else. And I said, now wait just a second, we're going to fix this. So the Lord started giving me this message, it's time to take back the rainbow. I'm going to tell you something right now. You can hear all kinds of stories. You can hear all kinds of philosophies in this world. And you don't know whether it's true or not true. But one thing you can bank on, the sky doesn't lie. And every time I look up into the sky and I see a rainbow, I'm reminded that God is faithful. That God keeps his word. That you can put your life in his hands. You can bank on the principles of God's word and you're never going to be disappointed. He's not ever going to let you down. So I got to thinking, you know what? It's time that we rediscover the rainbow. It was created by God. It represents a promise. It's a sign of an everlasting covenant with humanity. And even though society may have taken the symbol and tried to steal the meaning of it, I got to thinking about all of the other promises of God that the enemy tries to just take and steal and distort because he don't want you focused on the promises of God. He wants you to think about a whole bunch of other stuff, about hurt and pain and discouragement and disappointment and all these other things. And, and take your mind away from the fact that God is faithful. Ladies and gentlemen, you got to trust God even when circumstances are going against you. you got to trust God even when your own emotions and your own feelings are working against you. You've got to say, Lord, I'm trusting your word. You're a faithful God. Hallelujah. The psalmist David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. Hallelujah. I've got a God that is a faithful God. And every time I look into the sky and I see the rainbow, I say, God, you're still on the throne. You're still up high. You're still in charge. And you're a faithful God. So for a few moments that I have with you this morning, let's rediscover the rainbow. I want to rediscover. And when we say rediscover, you know, discover means to uncover, to, to, to dig down and to see that treasure that's there that's been kind of covered up with circumstances and time and philosophies and books and, and all the things that culture accumulates. And sometimes you've got to dig back down through it all and you've got to get back down to that treasure. You've got to discover. You've got to rediscover. So I want to rediscover the promises of God today and I want to be reminded of them I want to remind myself and I want you to be reminded of the promises of God I want to be reminded that God is faithful I want to be reminded that God is merciful I want to be reminded that God keeps his word because the Bible says as it was in the days of Noah so shall it be in the day of the coming of the Son of Man ladies and gentlemen we're getting ready to go through it all again 
So I want to be reminded of some things. One thing I want to be reminded of is that God keeps His Word. I don't care if you've heard the rapture talk your entire life. God's still coming back for His church. God's still going to meet His church in the sky. The dead in Christ shall rise first. I don't care how many times you've heard it. God keeps His Word. And it's an everlasting covenant. He's coming back for a people that's looking for His soon return. It's not a comic book. It's not a fairy tale. It's reality. God keeps His Word. The other thing I want to be reminded of when I look at that rainbow is that God is merciful. Because when all that death and destruction and chaos and crisis from that flood had destroyed every human living creature on this earth other than what was in the ark. I'm going to tell you something right now. God looked at it all and he made a covenant. He wasn't forced to. He has all power. He has all authority. But he's also a God that's touched by the feelings of our infirmities. He's a God, hallelujah, that responds to the prayers of a man or a woman that will bow a knee in humility and say, God, I've tried to do this on my own, but I made a mess of my life. I need some help. I'm glad to know that the God who sits upon the circle of the earth, that heaven is his throne and earth is his footstool, is still touched by his creation to the point that he says on his own, I'm making a covenant. I'm reminded that God is merciful. I'm so glad because I don't know about you, but I need the mercy of God in my life. So now when I look at that rainbow, I say, God, I thank you that you made a way where there did not have to be a way and where there was no way. But you said, I'm going to love him anyhow. I'm going to love her anyhow. I'm going to reach down anyhow. Why? Because he is a good God. So... From the rainbow, I'm reminded of the multiplicity of colors. And the multiplicity of colors represents the multiplicity of attributes and characteristics of God and His interaction with humanity. That's what the rainbow means. We're going to reclaim the rainbow. We're going to start this morning and reclaim the rainbow. So that when I look in the sky and I see all of that kaleidoscope of colors that's in that rainbow and all those different hues and the way they blend one into the other, I'm reminded that God, hallelujah, is a mighty God. He's the everlasting Father. He's the Prince of Peace. He's got more attributes. He's got a multiplicity of natures that I may not be able to get my arms all around, but I know that God is good. Hallelujah. And when I think of the goodness of Jesus, Come on, in the middle of your storm, God's going to give you evidence of a covenant. He's going to put a rainbow in the midst of the dark skies. Now this multiplicity of attributes is beyond number, but let's look at just a few of them as it relates to the promises of God. We'll just look at three this morning. The first one is this. The promises of God inspire hope the promises of God inspire hope I mean I remember as a kid I looked for it for years never could find it that there was a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow first of all I could never figure out where the end of the rainbow was and you go and it looked like it's over there and you go over there and it's over here and But even that little fairy tale was to inspire hope. There's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. 
Well, when I was a kid, anytime I heard about a pot of gold, I went to looking for it. I heard a story about a guy that found a briefcase full of $100 bills down at the, at the city dump. I spent three days in that city dump. I never did find that briefcase. You can hear all kinds of stories and chase and chase and chase and chase things, but I'm going to tell you one thing about God. His promises are yea and amen. <laughs> he don't give you some promise that's a pie in the sky. He gives you a promise that is a bow in the sky. It is a truth that you can bank on. Everything else can be falling apart. But God puts his ray of light right into the middle of it. Can you imagine this flood? The aftermath of this flood was total devastation. Can you imagine what it looked like? We see the destruction of like a hurricane that blows it. I'm going to tell you something. A hurricane wasn't even a drop in the bucket compared to a flood that destroyed every living creature on the entire earth. Can you imagine when Noah and his gang got off that boat and walked around and the stench and the smell and the death? I can't even imagine it. I can't even get my brain around it. I see pictures of atomic bombs that were dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki where the whole place was just scorched. Everything was just burnt. People's shadows were literally embedded into the sidewalk. Everything just totally evaporated. And you take that and you multiply it times a billion. You think about the entire earth destroyed by water. All the things that people held on to that they thought would be so valuable in their life did not mean anything to them. Folks, you can hang on to stuff in this life that you think is valuable, and I'm going to tell you something, it don't mean a hill of beans when it's all said and done. It don't matter how much money you got in your bank account. You can't take none of it to Fountainhead with you. Somebody said you don't ever see a U-Haul following a hearse going to a cemetery. You can't take it with you. You can hang on to stuff in this life and just try to just, just fight like mad to try to hang on to it. But folks, only what's done for Christ is going to last. The only thing that mattered in that day was get on the boat. Get in the ark. Nothing else matters. Can I say to you today, nothing else matters except get in the church. Get in the church. Get in the church. It's the most important thing that you'll ever do. Get in the ark. There's safety in the ark. There's hope in the ark. So even with all this destruction, destruction beyond description, in the middle of that, a rainbow appears in the sky. And hope is born. Life returns. Things start to look up. This is what's so awesome about this nature of God that we serve. Is that he gives hope. Would not have to. Gives hope to us in our humanity. In all of the wrong choices and the mistakes and the, the scars and... And all this stuff that happens in this flesh, God steps into the middle of it all. and gives you and I hope. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you, that where I am, there you shall be. It's hope, folks. There's nothing like the gospel that gives hope to a hurting world. The promises of God inspire hope. A young boy was jumping from puddle to puddle at a gas station while his father was pumping gas in South Florida. It had been a rainstorm that had come through on a summer afternoon, and 
they had stopped to get gas and the, the mixture of light and rain and the oil from the fumes and the gas and whatnot that had spilled on the ground had created a, a variety of colors in the puddles that were on the ground in that little parking lot area. And so as the little boy was outside the car, perhaps burning off some energy from having to sit still, you know, in a vehicle on a long road trip, and his father was pumping gas, and he was just jumping. He jumped from puddle to puddle, and as boys will do, and landing right in the middle of it just to see the reaction of all that water splashing around you. There's few things that are as enjoyable to a young boy as jumping in the middle of a puddle with dress clothes on. But in the midst of all of that, suddenly the boy stopped and shouted, Dad, Dad, come quickly. And back then, you know, you could, you could put the little lever on the pump and it would keep pumping gas as you walked away from it. And so the dad came over and the, and the boy pointed down at a puddle. He said, Dad, look. And the mixture of all of those colors in the puddles, the little boy said to his dad, Look, Dad, dead rainbows. In his mind, they were rainbows that had died because they weren't in the sky anymore. They were down in the puddles. His father had to try to explain that really those were not dead rainbows. And the boy said, but why are they down here in these puddles? The father didn't have a really good explanation for it. But when I heard that story, I thought of the world that we live in today. And how that For many people, the rainbow is not in the sky anymore. The hope is not in front of them anymore. Maybe it's because of their own mistakes. Maybe it's things that they didn't have any choice in. But the dream is fading. Optimism has been replaced with pessimism. But I've come to tell you today, it's time to put the rainbow back in the sky. Because there's one thing that can happen that can change. You've got to change your posture, and you've got to change your perspective, and you've got to look up. That's why he said, lift up your heads, O ye gates. Lift up your head. Look up. Your redemption draweth nigh. Oh, come on, my friend. You may be going through all kinds of struggles, but I've got good news for you today. God wants you to be reminded that if you'll just look up, help is on the way. The dream is still alive. God is still in charge. He's going to make a way. He's going to come through. All you've got to do is say, Lord, I'm not just trusting in my own ability. I'm going to say, God, I need your help. I need you to lead me and to guide me. Because I can't do it on my own. The writer of the book of Ecclesiastes in the Bible was a man by the name of Solomon who was king. David, the Psalms, David's son. He decided to determine his purpose in life. So he started by accumulating a vast sum of money. Only to discover it did not provide the meaning that he had hoped for. Then he sought for power and he obtained it and he discovered that it too failed to give him the purpose and the, and the meaning that he looked for. And then came this scandalous pursuit of pleasure, then fame and celebrity. And finally, at the end of all of his efforts, he utters these famous words, vanity, vanity. All is vanity. Or another translation says, all is like chasing the wind. Ladies and gentlemen, we were not designed to chase the wind. I'm convinced that every one of us, everybody that's in this building today, we want to do more than just exist and mark days off of a calendar. We want to make this world a better place. We want to do something significant with this life that's been given to us. And the desire and the design, 
that God has put in every one of our hearts is to be a world changer. He printed it in our heart, in that of every human being that causes us to believe and causes us to love and causes us to hope. I'm going to tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, don't let anything or anybody steal that from you. I don't know what you may be going through, but I want you never again to look at that rainbow in the sky like you used to. Oh, it's just another rainbow. Now, I want you to be reminded that no matter what you're going through, God's come to remind you he's got your back. If you'll just look up, if you'll just look up. Come on, it's time to rediscover the rainbow. It's time to remind ourselves that the promises of God inspire hope. In spite of our circumstances, hope is on the way. Mm. We know this. We understand it. But years of bombardment by this self-serving culture that we serve, it's confused us. We've been told to indulge ourselves, fulfill your desires, satisfy your appetites. Pursue pleasure. It's all about you. Selfies, 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 selfie, 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 stick. <laughs> it's a narcissistic culture. And these messages have distracted us and hid the true treasure in life. But I feel the Word of God just pulling off layers. And say, come on, it's time to rediscover the promises of God. The way to find your dream, the way to find your purpose in life, the way to find your rainbow is to look up. Look under the hills from whence cometh your help. Too many Christians are walking around with their heads all down. Come on, God's giving you joy. He's giving you hope. It's going to be all right. Oh, I feel, I feel encouragement from the Word of God today. It's going to be all right. God is still in charge. Come on, you've been praying for that family member. God's going to bring them back. God's working on the other side of the mountain. He's working in the heart of that individual. Don't give up. As long as there's life, there's hope. As long as there's breath, there's hope. Treasures in the sky. The dream is still alive. The rainbow still shines bright and hope is still in the air. The second aspect to God's promises is that they have an everlasting nature they have an everlasting nature he made it clear several times the words everlasting covenant is there in that text that we read but he also talks about it in other ways talks about it transferring to the next generation and in the book of Genesis God gives a promise to Abraham that he would make him the father of many nations and I'm sure that was a hard pill to swallow at the time because he didn't have any kids it's really hard to be the father of many nations when you have no offspring. So God had to give him a visual aid. He had to give him an object lesson. So Genesis seventeen seven, he says to Abraham, And I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee and their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. He says the same thing when he talks about the bow the rainbow in the sky, that it was going to be an everlasting covenant. It's not going to be fading. It's not going to be faltering. It's established. It is everlasting. It doesn't come and go with the fads of our culture. It is something that you can count on. And God says you can count on this. 
Look up there, Abraham. Look at the stars in the sky. Where do you think they all came from? We were walking down uh, the, uh, the path there at Epcot. And it was some minister friends of ours. And our wives were up ahead of us. And they were walking. We were going over there to get in line with that candlelight procession that they do over there at the, at the America Pavilion. And so they were up ahead of us. And they were walking and talking. And we were walking and talking. And then I saw them. And they stopped. They were like about here to that sound booth. And they stopped up there ahead of us. And they all turned around. And they all looked into the sky. And you know what, what happens when people start looking up in the air? Everybody else does. So we did. You know, we saw that and we, I, we, I was like, what are they looking at? So we turned to look and behind us was this beautiful rainbow that just covered. I, I think it was even a double rainbow. And it just covered. It went all the way over and, and Pat and we looked and we got up there and we stopped and we, and we looked back at it. And then as people were walking by us, they all stopped and were looking. And as we were looking at this rainbow... This lady comes by and she said, isn't that awesome? We said, boy, it sure is. She said, isn't it neat that Walt put that rainbow in the sky just for us? <laughs> Walt? Now, Walt Disney may have created Disney World, but he did not make that rainbow. <laughs> and, you know, they got all this construction going on. And everywhere you go, they got these little sayings by Walt Disney. You know, we must focus on the future and, and never forget about the dream. And, da, 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 da. and I know people come and they're adults, wear little Mickey Mouse ears, and they all walk around and, and they all become engulfed in this culture. And I, and I was just analyzing all that after I heard this lady say, Walt, because we were nice to her. We were like, yeah, yeah. but inside we were like, oh, People go in that culture and they just, you, you escape and it's neat and it's beautiful and I'm so thankful they do the Christmas story and they had that guy over there, Gary Sinise, that's an actor and he reads the Christmas story out of the, out of the Word of God and all these people stand in line and I think it's awesome and it's beautiful and they have people singing and trumpets and all that and, I, and I'm thankful for that. But I've always been amazed that people will spend their life savings to go to Disney World and walk around and fight strollers and people on scooters. And I, and I got to think, why is it? What is it that draws this? It's all over the world people come. And I was talking, to, after we had this experience with this lady saying that Walt made the rainbow, I, uh, I was talking with my buddies that are also pastors, and I said, what do you think makes people? And so we just, you know, talking, you know, just analyzing it. And it came to me, I said, you know what? People come to Disney because it's an escape. Fantasy land. It's a way to get away from all the chaos and the crisis and all the troubles and all the stuff that's waiting just on the outside of the gate. But for a little bit, it's a small world. <laughs> you see how old I am? I sing the old song. If you had wings, had wings. How many of you are old enough to remember that one? Sponsored by Eastern Airlines. If you had wings, had wings, had wings, you could fly like a bird in a big, big sky. <laughs> and people come from all over the world. They got shirts. They're all matching shirts. Daddy's 90 years old. Daddy's 90 years old. Daddy's 90 years old. Daddy's 90 years old. And they got Mickey Mouse ears. And they got all the... And, they, and you know why? 
Because for just a little bit, it's a reprieve. But guess what? It's all make-believe. There is no Peter Pan. Tinkerbell is made up in the imagination of a human. I got something greater. I got something bigger than the imagination of a man. Oh, I wish you could get this. I've got a God, hallelujah, that heaven is his throne and earth is his footstool and he has entered a contract with me. That is an everlasting contract. And so now when I look in the sky, I see something more beautiful than the castle. I see something more exciting than the new Star Wars, right? Coming after you young people over there. Because all of it is based on artificial stimulation. you got a God that's real. And this is why he said to Abraham, I'm going I'm to give you something that you can put your teeth in. It's going to be like the stars of the sky. Because the sky don't lie. You see them all them stars up there? Yes. That's how you're seeing. You're going to have so, there's going to be so many little Abrahams running around. And Abraham's out there in the middle of that desert all by himself. So many times the enemy wants to make you feel like you're all by yourself, make you feel like you're isolated, make you feel like you're out in a desert, nobody cares about you. You need to look up at the stars of the sky. You understand? There is a church of millions of people that are already buried that's in the ground. That when that trump sounds, hallelujah, ladies and gentlemen, you're not by yourself. There's been generations of generations of generations of generations of people that have stood for righteousness. I'm so thankful that I can... I can get an understanding that his promises are forever. That's true in my dad's generation. It's true in my son's generation. It's true for my generation. It's an everlasting covenant. Let me quickly move to the third one. The rainbow represents the fact that God gives evidence of his promises. Let me go back to the stars for just a moment. He said to Abraham, look at the stars in the sky. Because he wanted to give evidence of his promises. Promises give hope. Promises are everlasting. Promises of God bring evidence. Evidence. Genesis twenty two seventeen, That in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven. This is now the Lord speaking to Abraham. And as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. Ladies and gentlemen, he's still possessing that promise in such a way that it's fulfilled by tangible evidence. He said they're going to possess the gate of the end. In other words, you're not going to just be blessed with a whole bunch of little Abrahams, but they're going to be leaders. God's not only going to bless you, ladies and gentlemen, He's going to bless you with excellence. 
They're going to possess the gate of the enemies. Ooh, what a good God you have. He's not a God that loses power and effectiveness and fades over time. I don't care if we're in a postmodern society. I don't care if the entire nation and the whole world stops to believe in God. There's nothing that can stop a human heart from saying, Great is my Lord and greatly to be praised. God's given me a promise. He's going to bless my kids. God's given me a promise. They're going to possess the gates of the enemy. Every time I see the rainbow, I say, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, you're merciful. Thank you that your promises are everlasting and excellent. Jesus. you stand to your feet right now I don't know if you heard that last line but he said I'm with you and I'm going to carry you away to another land I wonder if everybody in this building would lift your hands right now would you thank the Lord for that promise Jesus thank you Lord thank you Jesus evidence Lord thank you for the rainbow thank you for the stars thank you God that you're still giving us evidence Oh, I feel an unction in this house. You've got the Holy Ghost. Lift up your voice and begin to speak out another tongue all over this building. Shut up, Robosia. 
And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, from heaven, from heaven, from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them, clothing tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. It was the promise. It was the promise. What you just heard was another physical manifestation of the promise. And they begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? Acts 10, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. God wants to give you evidence today that He's at work in your life, that you're not by yourself, that God is on your side. I want to ask you right now this morning if you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues or you've never been physically healed in your body I'm not talking about some sort of a psychological razzle dazzle I'm talking about a physical healing that is an undeniable experience God touched Sister Barbara Klingler this week and healed her body and gave her an undeniable experience. God wants to heal your body and give you an undeniable experience. I'm not talking about pie in the sky. I'm talking about a sky that does not lie. As sure as there's a rainbow, as sure as there's stars in the sky, there is a God that will heal your body and fill you with the Holy Ghost. You're ready to... Latch a hold of a God of promises, a God of substance, a God of evidence. You just say, you know what, preacher? I need some evidence. I got to have an answer from God. I'm going to invite you right now to step out from where you're standing. If you got to go, thank you for being here. God bless you. You're dismissed. But if you want to say, I'm going to get a little bit of evidence before I go, I invite you to step out from where you're standing and come down in this altar. There's room for you down here. Lift up your hands and say, God, I want to receive what you've got for me today. I want to promise right now in the name of Jesus. Yes, in the name of Jesus.
Stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop 